Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Vanny Ultra Podcast. And, yo, we have a special guest for you, ladies and gentlemen, today. We have someone who, you know, I tapped into the brand, I want to say, the early part of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and their brand, man, I'm telling you, from the piece-wise, it's, it's done so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first piece I picked up, it was their, um, it was like a, almost like a trucker jacket, mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. And it had their embroidery on the back, and it was done so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been wearing that jacket ever since. And, you know, all the other pieces they've been dropping have been done so well. Um, as far as the visuals, the visuals are done very, very well as well. And I got the chance to, of course, find the, of course, the owner of the brand on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, of course, been able to tap in ever mm-hmm. since. And that's who we have the great honor of interviewing today. So what I'll further ado, I would like to have our guest interview. I mean, yeah. <laughs> introduce himself <laughs> interview himself that would be wild <laughs> oh thank you for the very kind words um yeah my name's josh um i have a label called porter james sports which has been going for just over two or oh, two and a half years just over two years um i'm from auckland new zealand on the very other side of the world to you guys yeah um, currently in melbourne australia at the time of this phone call but Operations are still run from Auckland, New Zealand. Um, and yeah, Porter James Sports is my baby. It's um, I pride myself in trying to get a little bit better every day with what I'm doing, what what we're doing, and and it's I can see it building, and and it's amazing to see people in all parts of the world with the brand now. You know, the power of e-commerce, and and mm-hmm. and yeah, it's um, I'm very grateful. Right. Yeah, and we're also we talked a little bit before we started, but mm-hmm. it's like six a.m. in New Zealand, yeah. or where you at right now, Australia? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's six a.m. It's six a.m. here. So apologies if I'm a little slow off the mark. I'm um, no, I'm no, we, coffee. we appreciate it so much. Yeah, yeah. literally, man. Um, so you both spoke briefly of you being from New Zealand. Um, please tell us, like, what was it like growing up in New Zealand? Yeah, and what were some of your, like your early interests growing up? Yeah. And also, uh, I'm sorry, before you start, how integral was Lord of the Rings in your childhood? <laughs> <laughs> I think you are either, like, one of two kids, like, you are either, like, into the, like, the movie, like, Lord of the Rings stuff and very proud of it, or, like, you didn't even really know what was going on, and I was yeah. kind of later. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't really into movies, man. I was too busy playing sport. Like, um, so in New Zealand, like, um, it's probably like you know, like Brazilian countries and like uh, uh, South South American countries. Sorry, where like football is like the hero, and in New Zealand that's rugby. So if you if you didn't want to be an All Black as a kid, there's something wrong with you, which is our national rugby team. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the the cool kids at school played in the first fifteen, which would be the starting rugby right. team. Uh, so everyone kind of just wanted to be like kind of a rugby jock and that's kind of who, who who was cool so to speak and I wasn't that I mean I wanted to be for a little bit and then I kind of decided rugby wasn't my thing and um fell in love with golf and um I don't know how that really happened to be honest I think I always liked going to the driving range with my dad or hitting some so I, you know I don't know just smacking some balls around a park but then I've got quite an addictive personality and I found how how hard golf was that I could never really be satisfied, so I just wanted to keep getting better. So I started playing that when I was like 11, and I wanted to turn professional. So I played like every day of my life for like 10 years. Wow. And then kind of wasn't where I needed to be 
and it's like it, you do need quite a lot of financial backing to get i think to unless you're like super elite and have sponsors at a young age um and i wasn't really in that position and i was kind of just i also kind of started to like you know find girls and find partying and um mm-hmm. yeah. kind of found a career as well so that kind of natural evolution from being a young kid into an adult now kind of happened and i don't regret a thing i i kind of i love the path that i've, I've ended up on um so yeah man for, other than that pretty 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 normal upbringing i have you know three sisters we're lucky enough to have a um uh a, 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 a nana a grandmother with a, a beach house up north so we kind of get to go up there every month and go fishing in the in the kiwi summers but um yeah other than that man, pretty pretty regular upbringing yeah uh you touched on it how it's like um you gave us a lot and a lot i have a question questions about but you talked about how it was either you knew about lord of the rings or you didn't care i've never seen lord of the rings like ever. <laughs> so i would definitely be one of the ones that did not care um <laughs> But also like rugby, yeah. New Zealand is like a big rugby rugby place, and I um, on the Olympics, the last Olympics, I got like super into it, and I want to play so bad, but there's like nowhere to play out here. But it's terrifying, like it's gnarly, dude. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's when, gnarly. When, um, when you talk to like Americans, because obviously you guys have um, football, what you call it, like what, what NFL, like American football, yeah, football, uh-huh. yeah, mm-hmm. and they're like. Like what the hell? You guys aren't using pads? What the hell? Like because we just <laughs> right. we don't wear pads. We just run at each other and tackle each other, and it's I'm like what the hell? Yeah, it's yeah, not. Like, it, but it, it looks like when they're playing though, they're professional enough to like not. They they know how to not hurt each other. Right. You know, like like it, they're like running into each other head on. But I, I can tell that like there's some like respect that they're not trying to like take each other out for real for real. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Without getting too into it, like there are rules where you you'll be sent off if you tackle without your arms so your right. arms have to be part of the tech like otherwise it's called a shoulder charge and you get sent off the fields so the little rules that kind of i guess protect the um the, the players in that respect mm-hmm. and then talking about golf and like i was also talking to a friend last night about how i was like we're getting to an age man where i feel like it's about time that we start golfing and we were talking about like golf clubs and golf clubs are so expensive dude. Yeah. they're so expensive so i don't know when i'm gonna get out there but you played every day for like 10 years you said that's wild yeah man i did um i was just one of those you know those kids that just love sport and then golf was my thing so mm-hmm. yeah it just took up all my time and golf golf, golf takes a long time as well it's like yeah and you know what's, you know what's so crazy as you talk about golf, I'm seeing that like correlation when it comes to your brand now mm-hmm. and like a lot of like pieces that I've seen you make would translate well onto someone like being on the golf course. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it be like the cardigan you recently put out or mm-hmm. um just as far as like the like the logo mm-hmm. like the name of itself, like yeah. very just like ongoing when it comes to like something sports related. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um so what was your like oh go ahead. No, no, I was going to say that's very true. Yeah, I can see that re- relevance as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so early on when you were young, like when did you necessarily, like did you have any influences when it comes to like fashion at all? Like were you getting into, fa- like when did you necessarily start to get into fashion? Yeah, I wish I could have, I wish I had a better story here, but it's like I I was at primary school and I was just a kid that was one of the like the best sneakers, you know, and like um, I remember I was when I was in primary, so maybe like, seven or eight years old i was like obsessed with like adidas shelters and like nike cortez and mm-hmm. i just like 
that was just my two shoes. I just wanted to always wear those. And I couldn't wait for the school muffy day where we didn't have to wear our uniform and I could bust out the my cool mm-hmm. sneakers. Um, mm-hmm. And then that's kind of where the obsession came from. And I think there's a lot less people who are into fashion in New Zealand than there are in, of course, the States. So right. um, you kind of stood out more. And then I think you kind of build an identity at an early age of, having the nice things or wanting the nice things and then you enjoy the feeling that comes with that and then it kind of slowly builds and becomes part of your identity even when I was playing golf um you know I couldn't afford new Ralph Lauren so I'd go to like the 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 thrift shops and find Mm -hmm. like and polo and just always want to rock fresh polos on the golf course or on my birthday like ask for like a fresh polo I remember always wanting the pink one like when like Kanye was rocking it Mm -hmm. so and then just Oh, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I think when it came to um, when I went to university, there was no uniform at all. So you, every day you had to bust out a fit. And then that's kind of when I, yeah. I opened Pat for his box and I just wanted to. And like when you're at uni, you start working a part time job as well. So you got more money to buy, mm-hmm. buy, buy clothes and, 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 and shoes. So I think that's kind of just the natural evolution. It's nothing. I wish I could say I came from this long line of, of, um, right. Of, of of fashion designers or something like that but no nah, it's very the opposite well do you have like anyone in your family that like has good style just like knew how to dress or are you yeah, kind of like the first not. of no damn <laughs> <laughs> damn hey it'd be like that but hey i mean if you have kids they'll have that lineage you know what i'm saying so that's, that's it that's the one yeah, everything you have is self-taught, which is also pretty cool, too. No, exactly. Yeah. And so you spoke of, um, of course, you going to university. Um, what did you necessarily go to university for? Like, was it for fashion or was it something completely different? Yeah, it was business. Um, so I've got a Bachelor of Business uh, majored in marketing and advertising. And then um, my dad worked in marketing. So I, I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do, but I kind of knew I wanted to be in business. Um, I think, and then I thought marketing was kind of like the fun side of business as mm-hmm. in like, it seemed more fun than doing like finance or accounting or right. law, for example. So, or human resources or something. So I did marketing and then throughout my degree learned that advertising was the fun side of marketing mm-hmm. and in advertising, you're constantly exposed to visuals and there's, there's two parts. So there's, there's visuals and then there's copywriting. So in copywriting, you try to take essentially a business problem or an idea and boil it down into one sentence, like a bad example, but Nike just do it or Apple think different. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you always kind of trying to um, simplify messages. And I found, I fell in love with the beauty of like simplification. And then obviously, you know, um, the beautiful aesthetics that come with advertising as well. Um, so I, I kind of did that for 10 years. I worked in the advertising and, and branding design space. So I was basically helping people, other people grow their brands for like a decade. Um, worked with some of the biggest brands in the world. Um, had a, a a really good, I guess, career for my age. I was, you know, I was, you know, running the company at 26 that I was part of. And I was earning good money, but... Um, I'm kind of getting diversing a bit here, but no, you're, no, you're yeah, good. You're this good. is what we want to hear. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I was, I kind of had my dream job when I was like 26. Like, like I, like in my dreams, I didn't get further than I'd already got 
like I, when I was younger, the, what I dreamed of doing, like running a company or whatever, having a team, like I got to that when I was 26. I was like, oh, whoa, like what next? I've kind of done this already. But I was like not happy. And I mean, I was, you know, working for corporate companies um, with watered down creativity. I was, mm-hmm. you know, working 60 hours a week at a desk and kind of bound to like, the constructs of traditional nine to five days plus um you know at best if the business performed well you might get a ten thousand dollar pay rise a year or something like that i don't know and it's like it was very like uninspiring i was like well is this what i want for my life and it and it, and it wasn't and so then i i kind of like hit, hit the drawing board went back to the drawing board i spoke to a mentor of mine and i was like like if this is not my dream job what is and he's like well forget about your dream job i want you to think about your dream day mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's a nice way of looking at it so i like thought about my dream day and it was basically and that's kind of how i built my value system i think as an individual but it was like you know i want to wear whatever i want every day i want to work with like creative minds that are on the same wave as me i want to i want to work the hours i want to work like inevitably that will be still be 60 hours a week but i'll want to do it from my home office or australia or new zealand or in you know new york or toronto seeing my mates and working from up there or um i just wanted to have i don't want to sit in traffic every day i wanted to gym at 10 a.m in the morning when no one's there you know like i wanted to yeah. just have a lifestyle that was purely my own and Ultimately, that's what led me to this point, and that's the theme that inspires Porter James Sports of a life well designed, one that mm-hmm. talks to a life on your terms and living a life of intent, and being very intentional with everything you do, with your time, to what you wear, to who you give your time to, and that's kind of yeah, what's inspired my 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 journey today to this point where we talk about. Oh, brother, let me tell you why. Wow. Yeah. I 100% agree and understand what you're saying about like that, like that corporate machine, man. I'm me and Ken are both in it, and it's I, I think I think for you, it's fucking terrible. Like it's awful, <laughs> and I'm um I think we're both kind of you know you putting thinking thinking less about like your dream job and thinking more about like your dream day and like what you want to do with your time like that's something that like i never like, i never thought about it that way and wow, yeah. like that makes a lot of sense though you know yeah. because it's like you could think about your dream job but mm-hmm. your time is like like life isn't a job if that makes you know what i mean like you yeah. have to be able to be happy with like your your life and like what you're doing and and that's that's really interesting that yeah that you like just cracked my third eye wide open with that one for sure yeah yeah. (laughs) oh that's great i also i also think like you know our parents age you you thought of your job as like i wanted to be a doctor a vet an accountant whatever it was hopefully you didn't grow up wanting to be an accountant but whatever it was (laughs) (laughs) um we're now i think like the millennial slash gen z generations we're so hyper creative that like the jobs that we do didn't exist before like mm-hmm. you know we we do multiple things because we're hyper creative and multifaceted when it comes to what we want to do with our time and our skill set so i think like it, you can't really define it anymore it's almost just got to be like a values based approach mm-hmm. yeah and wow yeah no yeah. I, 
That, yeah. Got me ready running through a wall. I'm yeah. ready to run through a wall. I'm about to like, put my cheeks in. <laughs> yeah. Horrible. <laughs> my band. <laughs> um, so that's a great transition um, because I want to, you know, get into the start of it, right? So when, for you, did you initially have the start and idea to want to start Porter James Sports? And also, like, how'd you come up with the name as well? Yeah, uh, good questions. So I was, um, a mate of mine was, he had a clothing label and I was, because I was like in my friend circle or my, I guess my area of influence, I was the brand guy. So mm-hmm. I, I, I understood everything from typography to phot- to photography to, um, how to write about your brand to, your, to, to, to messaging. So I, I helped him out a little bit and kind of realized, oh, this, like fashion thing i like could i could put into a system like you know you find a supplier you know you mm-hmm. go through various samples you probably need about this much money you, if you sell through 80 percent of your stock you probably have enough to buy another collection okay i get it i kind of working this out so i kind of like just through i guess shadowing him um kind of build a system and then i think i got to a point of let's just say um like not like a low point because i'm not going to say like it was that dramatic, but just the point of like, I needed to change and the, what I was doing with my life. So I kind of, you know, it was during that lockdown, that lockdown period, you know, during COVID and I was just, um, I was just, you know, ideating while I had a bit more time and realized, okay, yeah, I want to give this clothing thing a go because, you know, ultimately an e-commerce business enables all that, all those freedoms that I wanted, but it's also, it's not like I wanted to just create any old e-commerce business. I want to create a product that resonates with my past and um, is true to me and is like is 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 visual overload, you know. And that's the world I'd kind of come from. So I'd kind of done all that um, and pulled it, and, and and I kind of just you know found a supplier um, and then just went from there and just I guess made lots of mistakes and 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 learn quick to the point that i'm at now um porter james sports so uh i think growing up my favorite brand was polo ralph lauren mm-hmm. uh i loved it i love the fact that whether you were you know kanye whether you were a kid from new zealand wanting to buy it at a thrift, thrift shop mm-hmm. or whether you were like some rich dad in the hamptons like or some private some school like everyone could wear polo it was just yeah. like like the, the history of the low heads and stuff and just like I, it's just the, i thought it was the coolest brand yeah um so i i i wanted the brand to have a sense of tradition and i think i'd also this is around the time of like like hype culture was still very big you know mm-hmm. like i mean that's still good like people everyone wanted like travis scott or, or off-white mm-hmm. or like you know, here in Preston was popping and like everyone just wanted those Yeezy, of course. And like everyone just wanted these hype brands. And I never really felt like I belonged in that world. Like, don't get me wrong. I thought it was so cool. And I've had my, I've spent, you know, over a thousand dollars on sneakers I shouldn't have. And I've, I've, right. I've dabbled, you know, and I, but I've realized that it just was inauthentic and it wasn't me. And if I really got back to my roots, it was like, I'm like quite clean cut and, traditional and whether you mm-hmm. tie that to golf or just my love for polo at a young age or i don't know i was almost like anti-hype you know and people are coming out with these cool 
names that were just sounded all mysterious and whatnot. And I was like, I just want a classic sounding name. And I, um, my middle name's James. And I wasn't going to call it Joshua James. I was like, oh, I don't have the balls to put my name in it. I'm yeah. like, what if this is trash? Like, I don't, I don't, um, and then Porter, I just, I don't know. I just, it sounded so classic. And Porter's a, like a, you know, like some, like Mr. Porter, Porter Yoshida. Um, right. And then just all these, I don't know. This is six characters is a really nice amount of words. And I just, I stuck with it. And then it's like Porter James was like, maybe in the future it can be Porter James, but I think it needs another word for now. And maybe this was just my influence at the, at the time, you know, Polo, Ralph Lauren, Emily on door. Mm-hmm. Uh, or sporty and rich or wh- whoever I was vibing yeah. at that very moment of ideation yeah. something stuck with the three words and I was like yes yeah, sports I like that and then that's what kind of and I, I try not to define it too much but I think ultimately that what that the sports component is what makes it like more casual and mm-hmm. like for example I think Porter James sports is the convergence of menswear and sportswear and sportswear like, obviously being like like originated to like street like st- streetwear origins yeah you know um whether it be the original surface and skaters or, or whatever like mm-hmm. like um sportswear menswear porter james sports sounded like balancing the tradition and the contemporary that's like yeah i, I fuck with that yeah it's uh-huh. it it genuinely blows my mind <laughs> yeah. how influential polo has been to like everything man like in and it's like you like you mentioned it you you can be you know the rich dad in hamptons wearing polo you can be the low head on the train wearing polo you can be the schoolgirl wearing polo you can be in polo sport playing golf like and yeah i think and like you then you name like two other brands amy on door and sporting rich which have some of the best styling and some just some of the best branding ever and it's the same kind of thing with them. And it's just, it's, I can definitely see like, you know, you were talking about how you wanted to kind of make it like the juxtaposition between like a sportswear, like streetwear, and then also kind of like a, a higher class kind of thing. And I can definitely see it in like your designs that you're trying to communicate that kind of high, low kind of thing. So it's, yeah, it's just, I yeah. wanted to shoot that. And like the, the like piggyback off your point with Polo, it's like, I didn't realize that until like he started saying it, but it's like, Yo, it's solely true. Like, yeah. when it comes to polo, like, anyone can wear a polo. Anyway, like, anyone. That's, like, that's have, the genius. And you have some brands where, like, you can be able to wear while you're young, but when you get older, you necessarily won't be able yeah. to wear it. But with, like, polo, it's like, you can catch a grandma yeah. wearing polo. You, the, like, the, the baby has the onesie. The kids have, you know, the matching sets. The mom got the matching sets. And then grandma. Yeah. You know I mean? And then, but then you can also have the polo bath towels and the polo bath mats and the sheets mm-hmm. and the, in the, it's crazy, man. And it's so simplistic. Like, it's literally the polo yeah. player and the horse. Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah. Funny enough, I just got a pair of vintage polo trousers in the mail today. So <laughs> can't wait to wear those. Yeah. Yeah. Or vintage polo is like, is so good for um like for fashion like for, for kids in fashion like like polo have been making like you look at their coats yeah. and like things like that like the references you can get are crazy like like often like the the pieces like ins- inspiration i get will be searching like polo archives and grailed and mm-hmm. like you can find some amazing amazing I, pieces from- it was like i not to cut you off, but I, you know, love Amy on door, right? But I had a, I had a, something clicked where I was like, 
I could spend $200, $300 on this, hmm. or I can go to eBay because Ralph already did that shit like 20 years ago. And I can just get that. Yeah, that's a fact. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's, ALD is modern day Ralph. Yeah, it is. Wow. Yeah. It is. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's cool as well. Yeah. Man. No, it, yeah. Yeah. You like need, you need to reinvent it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it needs to be reinvented. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, and I mean, the, the thing is, I think like with menswear, like, you know, you think of the last how many years, like say 50 years, 60 years, it's like, like a t-shirt is still pretty much a t-shirt, like a jacket is still pretty much a jacket. It's like hard to revolutionize menswear. So I think like what, what often becomes authentic is like the sum of the parts that you present. So for example, like everything from how you like choose your models to how like the, the, the proportions of the garment, like, you know, how, how cropped is the tee, how wide are the pants, how narrow are the pants or, um, and then obviously like, you know, the, the photography and the styling, um, like set design, um, you know, brand experience from, um, checkout, you know, the delivery package, everything like that. Those are kind of how you really, I think, differentiate as well. Like, you know, that's how you, that's all, that's ultimately storytelling, you know, yeah. like, and you, and ideally the best brands would, would form a theme that inspires every one of those touch points where the mind's like a life well designed and, how I go into various things of that, or well, obviously ALD would be like, that's where like the Greek, the Greek heritage comes mm-hmm. in as well, you know, and that clean cut. Um, I mean, they, they, they were the first to do those like super clean cut flat lays, you know, yeah. and that inspired a generation. Like how many, how many, how many brands do you see now? Like, like startup selling sweats, like with clean cut, fat, clean cut flat lays on like Persian rugs yeah. and mid century years. And it's like, that's just the ALD, like copy paste, you know, like, yeah. It's Last right. thing about AOD I want to talk about before no. we get back to Porter James because I want to <laughs> I want to talk about other brands right now. Um, I actually did not like AOD when I first saw it. Wow, I didn't like it at all. Yeah. Wow. Why yeah. is that? I just thought that it was kind of like like so so my introduction was like in Commonwealth they had it when they were still like in in the mall and they all they had was like the hiking shorts and it was everything was color blocked. Mm. everything was just blocking i was just like yeah it's cool but i'm just like not feeling it but but i went to new york and i went to the retail store mm. and that shit blew my mind and ever since then i've been the biggest uh, fan you know? so like actually going into like the actual spaces yeah for them uh okay. yeah yeah i see it i see yeah. it it's um, funny. I was... so when it comes to oh no go ahead sorry i was gonna say quickly i was talking to my mate um uh, Alessana from Spirit and Sin, and he like who I think you you've chatted to him um, before. He he was saying how like ALDs at that tipping point now, where it's so big, it's like it's lo- it's not as cool anymore, you know. Yeah, which is funny. Mm. Didn't wasn't I just talking to you about this too? I was like, yeah, dude. I think I think ALDs kind of yeah. it might be over now, dude. Like, I think we saw like a picture of LeBron James yes. wearing like the jacket, the jacket, and I was yeah. like, yeah, we're done. It's done. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um. So when it comes to your pieces you've done thus far where do you draw the necessary inspiration to make certain pieces like um where does that inspiration come from for certain pieces you released in particular collections it's like it's so all over the place eh? like and i think also like it's it's at a point now like two and a half years right where you know i've i've I've, i i can like pay myself a very small amount and i can 
I'm, I've hired a production manager and I've got a warehouse team. And I think to do all of that stuff, you also like it's now a business and you have to because now it's not just like some small operation. It's kind of like, oh, it's a proper business. And I think a lot of there is inspiration for new pieces, but a lot of it comes from data as well. So I'm like, okay, I've like, let's say I've made taking colors out of the picture. Let's say I've made like 20, let's say I've made 40 styles today, right? Um, and I know like seven of those have hit like really well. And I'm like, okay, these are my best sellers now. And I still like fuck with them from a direction point of view. Like this is, I see them as part of the brands like in the next like, you know, two years or whatever. So I'm like, okay, so, the, the, and I, it's almost like uh, at least 50% of your range like should incorporate those pieces. And that's things like our Revere shirts or our cam collars and uh, using beautiful fabrics on those and, um, you know, our fatigue pants and like going into knitwear and um, our Saturday shorts is like, the, in my opinion, the perfect nylon short or whatever. And it's like these pieces are like are with us now. So it's like I have that. And then from those ones, it's very much about like, because we get copied a lot, like even like a small brand like us, we, I see us get copied by other brands who are bigger than us or brands who, you know, work down the road from us. So you're just constantly trying to evolve those pieces just to be like untouchable. Like now I'm like two, two steps ahead, just fabrication, finishing, embellishments, just to like take the next level. And you'll see some pieces, especially in our shooting, like, I, like that's a category I really want to own in our knitwear in the next six months that'll just be like on another level. Like I feel... Uh, you know, in the air of like a luxury brand type, the, some of the pieces that we're doing there. And I'm like super proud of what's coming out in the next six months there. But to come back, the inspiration for the other half of the, the range is honestly all over. Like, I wish I could say something romantic, like, you know, like Jacquemus, who's like one of my favorite designers, he'll be like, you know, oh, this collection was inspired by, you know, the southern beaches of france or whatever and yeah. i was like, I was the like peaches nah. on the <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i wish i could say something like that but it's literally like a combination of you know i saw this old polo piece on grailed and then i like made it my own or you know i i i walked into this luxury department store and i saw this piece and that inspired me of this other piece i saw six months ago so i put the two together and then and, you know um and it's just a combination of everything you expose yourself to from Instagram to walking into department stores to whatever. Yeah. So when it comes to your design process, um, I'm really curious about that because, you know, there are some people who sketch, there are some people who don't sketch. There are some people who like kind of start with color stories. Like how does your design process go? Mm, good question. Um, so at all times, and it hasn't always been like this. Like, um, as I said, it's taken me kind of two years to work this out, especially being self-taught. But at the moment, I use Adobe Illustrator and I create line drawings. So everything's just like two-dimensional flat. And I lay out everything for the the, um, the season like I'm about to drop and then the next two seasons ahead. And then I'm just moving line drawings around and picking pieces. And I've got them on my computer at all time. Like, I've always got that tab open pretty much. So I'm doing that, and then I'm, um, I think as soon as, like, like every week I'll get, like, a new idea for a piece, and I have a weekly meeting with my production manager, and then I'll just brief her on that piece, and then she'll, she'll, we'll, we'll, we'll start 
you know, sourcing fabric and and just we've got we've got like a sample loop just happening all the time. Like every week, new samples arrive, and then I'm just slotting those into the calendar where I see best fits. Um, and then, as I said, back to kind of data again. Like it's at a point now where you're like, okay, I know I need to have like this many pieces of pants and this many pieces of of shooting, and I'm kind of just like the samples that are most fire, like slotting them in, and that's kind of. I think a process that's I've had a lot of clarity on in the last like three months, which sounds super obvious, but like at the start you kind of it's such a mess you're just like all over the place, um, right? But like now it's it is it's, I have my own process and it's just yeah I just I just sample and I'm getting I, you know you kind of yeah it's okay just me, let me try to summarize it's like inspiration um, application through your own filter. Mm-hmm. Uh, two-dimensional drawing and fabric sourcing and sampling and then deciding if that goes into the range and if so which season and where does it fit yeah i have a had a just had a thought so you being you're a an e-commerce brand do you find yourself designing knitwear and like more winter pieces year round because you kind of have to mm. cater to everyone around the world yeah it's a really good question um the answer is yes so porter james sports we we get uh 60 of our web traffic from the united states um and although not 50 percent of our sales because we've got to charge like I think we charge like maybe 15, 20 USD to ship the product up because that's how much it costs. Or well, it costs us actually more than that. So you obviously don't get a great, as good a conversion rate. But um, yeah, I have to think of that, um, uh, which is hard. So you have to become almost transseasonal. Like you, you, or I think, I think the technical terms like transitional fashion or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you you do have to think of that, which makes um life hard but fortunately in Auckland it's not like it's not like a New York climate where it's like super hot and super cold like we're right I don't I I don't know Fahrenheit terms but like we're always like 10 degrees Celsius to 20 degrees Celsius like it's never it's probably like a good 70 degrees yeah 75 yeah so like right there in the middle so like you said not too hot not too cold but like kind of in the middle Yeah, Yeah. yeah yeah huh Interesting. Yeah, it's just, it's just because I, I talk to, you know, we talk to a lot of brands, and that's just one question I never thought to ask. Yeah, no, Because you have to cater the whole world. And it still blows my mind that sometimes, like, we're, it's getting hot here, but it's getting colder somewhere else. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, that is a good question. Jeez. Um, so I do want to ask a question because one thing that I found to be the one thing that drew me into the brand was the visual aspect of the brand and a lot of your, like, editorials. So, Eli asked about like the design process, but when it comes to the visual process, what goes into that for you? Like what what are the thoughts that go into your mind when it comes to knowing, okay, for this specific collection, I want it to be shot at this particular studio or this particular area, or these are the particular models that I need to wear these specific pieces. Like what's that process look like for you? Mm. Good question. I think I think just naturally by my my backgrounds. Um, like I was a lot better at this than I was at designing garments, for example, like even if 
at the start, some pieces were mid, like my range wasn't presented, like I was able to present the work really well. And that's from an advertising background, I think. Um, and it's, it's kind of, it is relatively similar to the design process where like it starts with inspiration and just looking at where I think the brand needs to go. Um, so for example, I kind of said before, like, um, personally, like how many like copy paste set designs you see on TikTok now, like everyone's looking the same, like a Persian rug and a, some mid-century this or that. And it's like, I think. I think there's so much like inauthenticity there and it's you have to think about like like where do i want this brand to be and like in what and again you're not going to reinvent the wheel but it's like who do you like and, and what and what i guess area of the fashion landscape do you see your brand sitting so you obviously look at you know archives and and current day work for the brands that inspire you the most and you kind of see what they're doing and um, and ultimately it's at a point now where it's like, um, I think so many brands hide behind like the word lifestyle and they want to, you know, mm. create these like crazy videos or these things that kind of depict the lifestyle. And I'm kind of like a bit over that at the moment. And maybe it's just a place I'm in, in, in my current headspace, but I'm so over lifestyle that I just want to be all about the product. And I just want to put the product front and center and kind of just go back to to basics so um like i yeah I, I think a lot of people and i was probably guilty of this at the start you try to associate to a lifestyle to i guess build an identity for the brand but mm -hmm. kind of once you get an identity of your own you're like you don't you care less about that and you care more about just the garments and mm -hmm. for this shoot that we've got one in two weeks um actually next weekend um I've just we've just got like a plain white studio and like I'm really feeling like the imperfections of like we live in a world that's just been so perfect in terms of how we present that I'm almost wanting to like we're almost we're intentionally like trying to create imperfect lighting and like accidental set design and there's no props it's just straight product and I think that's where my head's at at the moment and I'm just trying to explore this new path to kind of I don't know and it, it kind of speaks to where i'm at as well i think which is like believing in myself more i don't, mm -hmm. don't have imposter syndrome so much anymore it's like oh well i've actually got customers on all parts of the world and people actually buy the brand okay it's like i can start believing in myself more now and i and i i can back myself to put the product front and center i don't have to pop design to set design sorry to try and create something else because the product is enough mm -hmm. um I believe anyway and then i don't know if that answers your question but it's kind of just where i'm at and the journey i've been on with with that part of the business no no certainly yeah it's you touched on it but yeah like everyone i think is getting really caught up in and it's like people have brands and they make amazing like they like all like their lookbooks on that they look great but then you get the product a lot of the times it's like it's bullshit so <laughs> it's it's refreshing for you to say like like yeah like you know i want to make this about products like i don't want to like it's almost like you're saying like i'm not going to tell you what the lifestyle is you can buy our products and then you can mold it to your lifestyle and that's mm. that's that's really cool yeah 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 i like the way you phrased that yeah and you definitely answered my question too but um 
Um, so since starting Porter James Sports, what has what is your favorite piece you've made this far? Oh man. Uh yeah, pick your children. <laughs> it's um I don't know. I think designers kind of dislike everything they make as soon as it's released. They're like, I can be so much better than that. So I'm going to have to say it's the knitwear pieces that we're we're going to drop. You'll see some in two weeks. That's the start of some knitwear that's like crazy. So this is one I'm wearing at the moment. I'm not sure if you can see. It's like it's pink and it's made from recycled polyester and recycled wool. And it's just like it's like a, it's like a a cuddle and or a hug in like garment form. It's yeah. just the nicest. It's not itchy like mohair. It's just straight like it's just beautiful. And so um. Yeah, just knitwear. We've just got some amazing pieces coming out. But other than that, I think the one that that people could relate to is um, the Saturday short. So it's just like the perfect nylon short. Um, and it's it's one I, I definitely haven't got sick of. I haven't changed the block once in the two and a half years. I've made it every season in different colors. Um, shout out uh, Drew Joyner. He's like, he's... Um, Friend, yeah. Friend of the show. yeah yeah friend of the show yes, sir. yeah yeah so i saw you guys have had a chat with him he yeah. um he i think every because he's like blown up and I, I did a podcast with him like back when he was just starting and i sent him some saturday shorts as a thank you and um every, just every three months he'll do like a he'll get a fit off in one of his youtube videos and i get like 400 followers and like 30 sales of saturday shorts and yeah the brands just kind of just the, the product stories just keep growing but um he's he's been influential in that especially in north america mm -hmm. that's beautiful man no, i no. love i love fashion man it's beautiful <laughs> you know you meet people and 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 the, you help each other out and it's great dude it's sick it's yeah. so it is so cool eh? it's and i think it's like it's this world where like guys are so nice to each other as yeah. well like people can be mean i'm sure that that exists right. but it's like you know we're just like a, a, a kid i've never met in america i've just like comment on his pick and like it's like that's an awesome fit man and like yeah. it's, it's 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 nice you know right. yeah no it's and it used to not be like that no definitely like definitely. it used to not you just get shit on for sure but now every, yeah like you said everyone's like super nice and everyone is trying to like help everyone always and it's sick oh yeah, yeah. um and then before we get you out of here we have a few uh last questions um so when it comes to being in new zealand like what are some ways you kind of like connected with the community in new zealand when it comes through your brand like because i i believe not too long ago you guys did a pop-up like a pop-up store um, yep. so I'm, I'm assuming that's probably one of the ways you've connected with the community, but what are some other ways as well? Um, yeah, good question. Um, man, to, to be really honest, I think that is one thing that is very hard with the e-commerce business. Um, you lose the human interaction mm -hmm. a lot. And I'm, I'm not one of those, I'm not one of those like hey guys let's do like a live q and I'm not maybe I'm, I kind of hide behind the camera but like I'm a bit shy in that respect I'm not I'm not you know I'd let I'd leave podcasts to people like you who do it so well I could I've never really found ways to like create the community in a digital way so I have struggled with that so what I did was I, I was like look I can't afford a, a pop I'm uh, sorry a, a bricks and mortar permanent retail space now but 
I can afford to, you know, rent a space, you know, an old four lease building or something and convert it into a pop-up for anywhere from two days to two weeks. And um, we, I think, have, or we pride ourselves on doing that. And um, I guess in two and a half years, I think I've done five or six pop-ups, which is probably quite a busy pop-up schedule for, for a lot of brands in this place. But to me, it's been super important too. Like, like I work, um, I work the floor. Like I'm there, like getting different sizes for customers, so I can get the live feedback of how it fits them. Like every customer, that, I'm exhausted by the end of the day because every customer that comes in, like, I'm gonna make you my best friend, and I'm gonna tell you all about the brand and what inspired the piece you're trying on, and um, just like, just connecting with customers on a one-to-one level, and that's something that we're going to keep doing like I think like I've got four pop-ups planned this year um and I just think that's probably the only way or like not so much the only way but I think that's the primary way also I like because it's very easy to like outsource a lot of these things like I'll just get retail staff to run the pop-up and I won't go or resource outsource my my social media but like all the social I do myself like I if someone comments on the page like I will respond within half a day and like take my time to like message them. And, you know, even, even if there's like issues of tax or importing overseas, like I'll help problem solve the business with the problem solve the issue with the customer or like, I don't know. I think it's, I just, I just really care. And I just try and maybe I don't have this, like, I guess, beautiful answer for you, but I think at a one-to-one level, every opportunity I get, whether it's just a DM to the page or like, helping a customer in a fitting room, like I'll just put my heart and soul into that interaction to try and win a positive experience over it. Yeah. You keep saying that you're not giving these beautiful answers, but these answers are amazing. You're, yeah, you're doing no, great. No, honestly. <laughs> no, honestly. Oh, okay. um, oh, thank you. And then also to, for you, for the brand, like what are some things like, where do you see the brand within the next few years? Like, do you see yourself getting into doing like collaborations um, do you see yourself going into the route of possibly being like brick and mortar? Like what are some goals like you want to like kind of see the brand at some point? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, to be very honest with you, um, I feel last, the last drop we did, which was a while ago now in November, and we we're about to drop in April and then well, in a few weeks and then drop again in July. I feel like this is, I feel at, from that November point was like, okay, I've, I've found my identity now as a designer and, and the brand really makes sense. And then it's almost like just doubling down on that mm-hmm. and scaling what I've already got. So, you know, it's, I think it's like, I've found what's working and I need to just double down on that and stay focused to that. And it's like, just keep producing good garments in the right quantities, supplying, supplying, um, controlling supply and demand, mm-hmm. um, building out this the structure of like a really good company and it's like you know like a good business is is very simple it's not easy but it's right. it's simple and it's yeah. like i've kind of found the formula that works for me now and i just have to keep doubling down on that and i know if i can stick to this and you know keep producing good garments and keep you know managing my budgets and keep ensuring every customer exchange I have is a really good one. We'll be in a place maybe in 
18 months where I think we can consider opening our first like flagship store. Um, um, you know, we like it's it's kind of in a, it's in that phase as I said before of kind of growing. It's like it's like a proper business now, you know, and it's like and that might sound funny to people on the outside, but I think if you've been on that startup journey, you know, you don't just go into it like paying yourself and like having this team. It's like, nah, like you're doing everything and you're just trying to survive. And now it's like, okay, we are surviving and I've got a team and it's like, what next? And it's just like, I've just got to keep doubling down on what what's working and keep just growing, growing the brand in a way that's as authentic as possible. Um, but to kind of give you some better, some better questions, yet yeah, better answers. There's a few flagship stores um, in Australia who are like, like the top of the like, like top tier. And mm. I'm talking to a couple of the the store owners and um, buyers at those stores now. So I would love to get into those stores. Not that wholesale is necessarily like a revenue stream we want to focus on. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of diverging, but let me go into it. It's like. For example, like if you sell a garment for a hundred dollars, you gotta sell it at wholesale for fifty. And it's yeah. like, well, I could like I could sell it thirty at thirty percent off and still make more money. Right. Mm. I think wholesale is really good for like A credibility, but also mm. like B reaching new customers who you can't otherwise reach. Um so I, it's never really been that much of an appeal to me, but I think again with that imposter syndrome thing there's a few stores i really want to get into to kind of validate mm. my journey and i think we're close to having some of these top stores stock us here obviously like a store maybe like essence in the future would be a dream but yeah you know. um so there's that side of things um i'd love to open a flagship store in maybe 18 months to two years that would be a goal of mine um, where would you want to wear in australia or would you do it in at home in auckland auckland for sure just mm -hmm. That would just be very important to me. Second spot, if if I was to open up multiple, it'd probably be like Auckland, Melbourne, New York. Those would be mm -hmm. the, the three spots I'd want. Um, but yeah, dreams are free, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, just know, just know we'll, we'll come to the grand opening for the For New sure, one. yeah. <laughs> I've always yeah. wanted to come to New Zealand, really, yeah. genuinely. So It's a beautiful place. Yeah. yeah. It's... Uh, yeah, it's uh, very lucky to have grown up there. Um, and lastly, yeah, like collaborations for sure. Like, yeah, collaborations are awesome. Um, I've collaborated with some cool brands who are at like a similar size to me. I think again, I'm at a size now where I really want to get one of the big collaborations to validate myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know why I keep saying that. I, th I do think I, I am proud and of what I do and I do believe in myself a lot. I just think maybe it's, it comes from being self-taught or only being in it for two years. Like mm -hmm. I think, you know, when you do these amazing things, you're kind of like, oh, okay, I can, I can't, you kind of just need some validation sometimes. But I think, for example, if you were to get like an ASICS collaboration or like um, a New Balance or a Reebok, mm -hmm. like in a couple of years time, you'd be like, oh shit, like this is, this is big time, you know? Um, I want to yeah. see the the Porter James Sports golf bag. We got to get the rugby kits going. Hey, we got to yeah. we got to get all that. That's what I want to see. That's what I feel like Porter James got to do. We got to no. we got to get the kids and the jerseys. 
We gotta get. This, we gotta, I want golf balls. I'm talking about golf gloves. Yeah, everything. I I can see it now. You need it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool to do some sport brands for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, Josh, I just want to say, man, on behalf of myself and Elijah, it was a true pleasure having you on. Like getting to know not only yourself but also your overall process behind the brand. Um, it was really just, yeah, really just true pleasure. And, and I I also want to add, yeah, yeah, when Kenny wears that trucker jacket. His confidence is just through the roof. Oh he, man, he feels great about himself. Man, yeah, every time he like, got that pep in his step. Man, every time like, I swear you, to you. You, you, it was funny. You saw um my mate Isaac in New York. Yes, you saw you, yeah, yeah. Because when you sent when you sent me that, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Like how small, like small world. Yeah, like, it's that fashion shit, bro. That's yeah, what it is, man, yeah, legit. So. But yeah, but no, thank you so much for wanting to come onto the podcast and we truly wish you the best like going forward when it comes to not only you like the personal, but then also your brand as well. So mm-hmm. it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you guys. Yeah, I really enjoyed chatting to you both. Um that was really fun. I that, I can't believe it's been an hour already. Yeah. Um, yeah. It flies um, by, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, really. And I appreciate you being like a genuine customer of the brand too. Um I'd love to send you guys um a piece each from this new drop when it when it comes out too. So I'll um I'll, I'll I'll give you some new stuff to wear. No, I love it. Well, yeah. Thank you. Love it. Um, and before we get you out of here, how where can the people follow you and then also follow the brand? Uh, yeah. So um, my name is Joshua Hears, and my brand is called Porter James Sports. I kind of do all my business on Instagram. So uh, if you found Porter James Sports, you'd find you'd find me if you if you wanted to. So yeah. Perfect. Well, you heard it from the man himself, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Very Ultra Podcast, and we are signing up. Peace. Peace.